The First Letter to the Christians at Corinth, Chapter 11 Copy me, my brothers, as I copy Christ himself. I must give you credit for remembering what I taught you and adhering to the traditions I passed on to you. But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every individual man, just as man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. If a man prays or preaches with his head covered, he is dishonouring his own head. But in the case of a woman, if she prays or preaches with her head uncovered, it is just as much a disgrace as if she had it closely shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, she might just as well have her hair cropped. And if to be cropped or closely shaven is a sign of disgrace to women, then that is all the more reason for her to cover her head. A man ought not to cover his head, for he represents the very person and glory of God, while the woman reflects the glory of the man. For man does not exist because woman exists, but vice versa. Man was not created originally for the sake of woman, but woman was created for the sake of man. For this reason, a woman ought to bear on her head an outward sign of man's authority for all the angels to see. Of course, in the sight of the Lord, neither man nor woman has any separate existence. For if woman was made originally from man, no man is now born except by a woman, and both man and woman, like everything else, owe their existence to God. But use your own judgment. Do you think it is right and proper for a woman to pray to God bareheaded? Isn't there a natural principle here that makes us feel that long hair is disgraceful to a man, but of glorious beauty to a woman? We feel this because the long hair is the cover provided by nature for the woman's head. But if anyone wants to be argumentative about it, I can only say that we in the churches of God generally hold this ruling on the matter. But in giving you the following rules, I cannot commend your conduct, for it seems that your church meetings do you more harm than good. For first, when you meet for worship, I hear that you split into small groups, and I think there must be truth in what I hear. I grant that you must be able to make choices, or your best men might go unrecognized. But as it is, when you are assembled in one place, you do not eat the Lord's Supper, for everyone tries to grab his food before anyone else, with the result that one goes hungry and another has too much to drink. Haven't you houses of your own to have your meals in? Or are you showing contempt for the church of God and causing acute embarrassment to those who have no other home? What do you expect from me? Compliments? Certainly not on this. The teaching I gave you was given me personally by the Lord himself, and it was this. The Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, This is my body, and it is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new agreement made by my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. This can only mean that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. So that, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord without proper reverence is sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. No, a man should thoroughly examine himself, and only then should he eat the bread or drink of the cup. He that eats and drinks carelessly is eating and drinking a condemnation of himself, for he is blind to the presence of the body. It is this careful participation which is the reason for the many feeble and sickly Christians in your church, and the explanation of the fact that many of you are spiritually asleep. If we were closely to examine ourselves beforehand, we should avoid the judgment of God. But when God does judge us, he disciplines us as his own sons, that we may not be involved in the general condemnation of the world.
Now, my brothers, when you come together to eat this bread, wait your proper turn. If a man is really hungry, let him satisfy his appetite at home. Don't let your communions be God's judgment upon you. The other matters I will settle in person when I come.